Welcome to the Weekend Sports Buzz. I am Kelly Patrick, alongside my co-host, the lovely Ashley Miller, coming at you as we do every Sunday from 10 until noon here on 1450 WXVW. The Weekend Sports Buzz is brought to you by Brandon J. Lawrence, personal injury attorney. Call 502-587-0041 to reach the best personal injury attorney in the city of Louisville. we got plenty to talk about today. Uh, One of the main areas that I I feel we will discuss, and I'm expecting some calls uh, regarding, would be the fact that Rory McIlroy is leading the British Open. 25-year-old with quite a resume already uh, is is dominating the British Open. So there's a lot to talk about there. As always, we got NBA free agency news that we can talk about. Uh, The LeBron James saga, Kyrie Irving released some statements um, they caught some the attention of of uh, many NBA fans across the country. Ashley, how are you doing this morning? I am fantastic this morning. I can hear you, Kelly, but I'm okay. Here. Can can you hear me now? No. Okay, we'll, we'll get you. Um, we we got a lot to talk about today. We we are. However many days it is away until, let's see, 44 days until kickoff of the college football season Mm -hmm. for the Louisville Cardinals and the introduction for the Cards into the ACC. So a lot to be excited about there. Yeah, it's very exciting. Um, I actually got my alumni um, magazine. The alumni magazine came out this past week, and I was very excited because the football schedule is on the very back page. And um, it was good to see all of the awesome home games that that the Cards are going to have this year. And I'm going for sure to the Florida State game. And, of course, UK. So we have to watch this demolish them. we got a lot to look forward to. We get to demolish certain teams. Yes, I agree. But, I mean, Kentucky, that that's... You know, they're picked dead last in the SEC. They're, they're not going to put up a fight. I uh, think, and some people were saying that um, at that point in the season, that's a bad move for us because then Kentucky's a better team. And I said, I think that at that point in the team, in that point in the season, Kentucky has just come off of getting their butt kicked by Alabama, by all the other teams in the SEC. So, so I feel like lose. at that point, it's a rivalry no, I don't think, game. I don't even think that we would lose. I think that at that point, they would be so over it because they've gotten their butt kicked all season that at that point really they wouldn't put up much of a fight but who knows like you said it is a robbery game like who knows what will happen but I'm not anticipating much I'm looking at the official schedule Um, as I said the countdown 44 days until kickoff where the the Louisville Cardinals open September 1st at Papa John's Cardinal Stadium against the Miami Hurricanes Mm mm-hmm um, and it uh, soon to be ACC opponent. We've already got some history. We just beat them in a bowl. We played them a few times over the years. Uh, so they're one of the teams that we'll be seeing. And just talking about it actually gets me so excited yeah. about this ACC schedule in the future. Not to say I think Louisville will walk through the schedule to, by any no stretch. Mm-hmm. Uh, this could be a tougher year than many of us are anticipating. No, I think it'll be a tough year, but I think you. I think the excitement lies in the 
the move to the ACC along with the return of Bobby Petrino. I think those two things coupled together make for a very, very exciting season. And I think that, um, you know, everyone, I actually heard some people talking about it last night, that um, people are anticipating Bobby come in and run the score up um, on teams, and that's something that people look forward to. Yeah, um, because that is. That's, that's bringing out an interesting part of our fan base. Yeah, it does, because... Apparently, that's something that people really, really missed um, during the Charlie Strong era here at Louisville is those teams that could put up 40, 50 points in a game, or not that could, because I think we had that capability with Teddy Bridgewater being our quarterback, but... That would. That would do it, yeah. You wanted to step on the throat and of the opponent. And you think um, a lot of the critique that we had gotten last year on Charlie Strong um, on our show was that people were like, why won't you just let Teddy rip? Why don't you just let him loose and throw the ball, Devontae Parker and those guys down the field and just run the score up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it is interesting to, and I we may be overblowing it to an extent a little bit. I, I don't, don't know. know. I, I don't, don't know. I mean, but there, there really couldn't be much more excitement. It's so funny. Uh, we as Louisville fans do like to make fun of Kentucky fans for how much they hated Cal. Hated Cal before we went to Kentucky. Ashley, if I'm being fair, <laughs> you're right. I have to admit we are guilty of that exact same level of just hate that we had for Bobby Petrino after he left. Oh, Louisville. but yeah, hate. I mean, but, I mean, we hate. But that him. was justified. And now we love him. It was justified. I think it was <laughs> it was justified because everyone loved Bobby Petrino while he was here. And all of the things that he had done with the program were amazing, but the way he left like a thief in the night, people kind of were a little, like, they were unhappy and very, very, very angry, um, almost felt disrespected by what he did. So I think there there was that, like, he jumped over the thin line between love and hate to the hate side, like, quickly um, for the way he left. And then I think that kind of just left a bitter taste in the mouth. Also, because of the coach that replaced him immediately after, which is horrible, was terrible. So all of that, I feel like, got placed on Bobby's shoulders, which is unfortunate. But it's the way the cookie crumbled. What What are some similarities between Bobby Petrino's return to Louisville and one Ashley Miller's LeBron James return to Cleveland? Oh gosh, there's got to be some parallel to be drawn between the two. I think it's the same. Like the people, pretty similar. The people in Cleveland absolutely adored. LeBron James, and then he did the whole decision. At least he did the decision and made the announcement on, on national television versus I'm going to be here, I'm not leaving. Oh, and so now at least, at least LeBron handled it well, by I'm doing saying, the decision. <laughs> he handled better with the decision, even though I think the decision was a bad idea. But um, I think when he left, people hated him. They tore stuff down. They burned things, like all of those things. And then now they're embracing with open arms. Oh, They've got everything's the, okay. We yeah. Don't have you seen the Kingdom Restored shirts that they're selling and all of those things? So I think um, it's, it was very much of the same situation. Um, and a lot of people did feel like LeBron did, handled that kind of shady um, by not telling what was, gonna, what was going on and stuff like that. So I think, it, honestly, it's the same situation. Now, LeBron James is clearly the best player in my eyes in the NBA, year in, year out. Mm -hmm. Whether he deserved the MVP last year is a different topic. He's the most valuable basketball player in the NBA. Where does Bobby Petrino rank? I mean, he's not Nick Saban. We can't say he's Nick Saban. But is he a top five, top seven coach? Something like that? He might. He might. You know what? If, if, I'm going to say a big if. 
if Bobby Petrino had not left Louisville initially, let's say none of that stuff ever happened, and he came in and flipped this team into a national title contender, top 10, Orange Bowl champions, who knows what would have happened in that next five or six years. If he would have done that, not only would he be in the conversation with a Nick Saban, Louisville would be in the conversation with people talking about there's no football history in Louisville. That would be completely changed by now because we've had those amazing spurts and a lot of those, especially like in early 2000s, were because of him. We're, so, I mean, I think, John L. Smith got the ball rolling, mm-hmm. but you're right. And even under John L. Smith, Bobby Petrino was the offensive coordinator for a time. Right, right. So, I mean, Bo- Bobby is almost organically, and I hate to say it about such a perceived, you know, um, Guy who has stabbed his t- his fan bases in the back multiple times. I I don't hate hate to see it. What's that, Peter? Okay, I'm oh, sorry. Gosh. He helped me. Perceived scumbag. Um, but he has so many connections to the area here. He's got his family stayed. Uh, you know, I think his daughter played golf for the yeah, university. She, a, she. I think I heard she had a really hard time after he left because. The, Kids at school and the fans were not so nice. God, that was a very extreme level of hate. It's saying here's one of the most passionate fan college fan bases in the country. Mm-hmm. We're gonna show you just the most exciting brand of football ever. See how fun this is. You're gonna run the score up like you're in a video game. You're gonna have running backs just behind, you know, backup running backs, starting run. Everybody's just gonna dominate, mm-hmm. and it's so fun to watch football. Oh, like that, yeah. now overnight we're bouncing. We're going to the Falcons. You're stuck with uh, Steve Cragthorpe, some bum who has the worst um, brand of football ever. So I mean, yeah, it, I, the hate for him just stewed and stewed. Kept... And you never think there's a chance that he's coming back. No, you really don't. I mean, no. there were some rumors toward the end, but you never really give too much credence to that type of thing. Well, I Doesn't think happen. when 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 I heard about him going to Western, right? I said, oh, Bobby Petrino's on punishment, right? Because he's not getting a big-time coaching job after the fiasco here, after the Atlanta Falcons, after Arkansas. Like, he's definitely – someone's just not going to give him a chance. He's going to have to prove himself again. He's going to have to be humbled and all those things. And then I said, oh, well, obviously he goes down there. He's having success with that team, which, of course, you know the caliber of players that they have at Western Kentucky is not like in Arkansas or Louisville or any other, like, major college team. I said, hmm. (laughs) <laughs> Starting to look a little more appealing. No, well, not the appealing, but it seemed as if he had kind of changed his tune a little bit. And when I guess in my mind, I never even considered that Charlie Strong would not be here this year. In my mind, he was going to stay. Yeah, that was quite a fiasco within itself. It's been yeah. these last twelve months have been qu- it's real been crazy, a whirlwind of emotions for Louisville football fans. Yeah, so I think that you know coming off of. The victory, the victorious um, bowl win the year before, then this season was great. You've got Teddy in the hunt for the Heisman. Like, you've got all of these fantastic things happening. Um, it's just, I don't know, just, you. I would have never thought, and I think I was probably one of the same people, first people saying Charlie's not leaving. Like, there's no way Charlie leaves Louisville. Um, but Especially after he turned down Tennessee. Exactly. So that was, to me, Tennessee and when they were talking about him being a potential for a coach of Florida, and he's like, yeah. no. I'm like, oh, well, if he's not going to Florida, he's definitely leaving to go to Texas. So I was thinking, there's no way in the world. But when that news hit the fan, I said, oh, Bobby's coming back. 
<laughs> no question about no it. No question about it. Plenty, plenty to look forward to. Forty-four days until kickoff for the Louisville football season against Miami, September first. We got the British Open to talk about today. We got NBA free agency. We can always talk LeBron and Kyrie Irving. Speaking of, Le- of LeBron. Quotes. Did, did you see that um, photo of he and Coach Cal sitting on the bench? I did, yeah. Uh, LeBron was in Lexington for yeah. his son. LeBron Jr. was playing, I think he's 14 years old. Uh-huh. And Cal, of course, has connections with everybody he wants to. Mm-hmm. And him and, and I think on one side it was Ashley Judd. It was Cal in the middle and then, or LeBron in the middle and, and, and Cal on the other side. Mm. Interesting. That doesn't hurt recruiting. No, not at all. I don't think that hurts. But does it does it hurt the fan base or make them question whether or not he might be slimy? No, like looking at going to Cleveland. Yeah. Wow, that's a great question. And and there's a lot of talk that Cal should just be completely regretful that he didn't accept the Cavaliers' job. But he's not. If they get Kevin, (laughs) if they get Kevin Love, he's just possibly just shunned a dynasty. Mm -hmm. And ask Greg Popovich. Ask Phil Jackson, playing, or I'm sorry, coaching, just completely star-studded lineups in the NBA, it doesn't hurt your legacy. At all. That helps things. Ask Eric Spolstra. Oxmoor Ford Lincoln buzz line is 502-384-1450. Give us a call on the buzz line. Let us know what you think about the British Open, NBA free agency, or 44 days away until... The Louisville Cardinals join the ACC and play against the University of Miami September 1st at Papa John's Cardinal Stadium. We're going to head to the buzz line now. We got our man, Brian the Insider, on the line with us. How are you doing this morning, Brian? Oh, doing great, Ashley and Kelly. How are both of you doing this morning? Good morning. Doing great. I know you've got updates for us. I'm sure you've got comments on the Bobby Petrino discussion, the Cal discussion, everything we're talking, NBA free agency, but... Being someone who follows sports not only here domestically, but across the globe, I'm sure you also have an update for us on the British Open. Yeah, I do. I'm watching it now, as a matter of fact. Uh, unbelievable. You know, Rory started the day with a six-stroke lead and uh, came out and birdied number one. He's part of his next couple, but he's still up. He's, he's at 17 under. Uh, Sergio just went to 11 under. But, uh, wow, he shows no signs of anybody catching him. And he just reminds me so much of Tiger in his prime, his swing. And, and the real thing that, that I noticed is with Rory and Tiger when he was really at his best was they were just the best putters. I mean, Rory just rolls everything in, I mean, at any length. So, I mean, the only thing I can remember that Rory's playing like it is Tiger. I mean, he looks like a carbon, even a swing and his demeanor out there today. But, uh, he is completely in charge of his game. He just hit his second shot into number four, but I don't see him blowing this lead today, guys. I think it's going to be his third major, and uh, it'll leave just the Masters on the uh, the four majors. So he, he'll have three of the four majors already done, but uh, very impressive performance. How good for the sport of golf would it be, and does it, it appears to be evident that R- Rory's going to win, how good is it? I know he's not American, so it's a little different than the Tiger sensation that we all experienced. Um, how good is it for the health of the sport to have Rory, at 25 years old, win his third out of four majors? Oh, it's huge. I mean, anybody will tell you that follows golf or plays professional golf that what Tiger did for golf 
in recognition, and most importantly for the prize money. If you've ever seen statistics on the, par- the purse monies that have went up and Tiger's involved and just Tiger's involvement, it was just unbelievable. And uh, since Tiger clearly looks like he's past his prime, the sport needs a dominant champion. And, uh, boy, coming into the PGA, how big is the PGA in Louisville looking right now? Mm-hmm. Uh, Tiger's won there before. He likes Jack Nicklaus design courses like Valhalla. Uh, but, boy, Rory's going to come in as a prohibitive, huge favorite if he keeps up today. And uh, he did get a couple majors this year. Um, very, very good for that. Brian? LeBron James. I wanted to comment. Sure. Did you guys see what Showtime Shoney did yesterday? Oh my goodness, I forgot. Yes, I did. I missed it. Fill me in. Showtime Shoney had 29 points in the WNBA All Star game. Wow. 29 points, eight assists, and yeah, you got you got it. MVP. Nice. That's amazing. Who would have projected she'd be this good? She has the number one selling jersey in the WNBA and now WNV, WNBA All-Star Game MVP. Brian, did you see this coming? Well, no, I did not. I, I always thought she was kind of a ball hog a little bit of Louisville, but uh, I guess her game is just so much. I mean, she was so talented with the behind-the-back passes and the way she played, I guess mm-hmm. you can only say her game was just much better suited for the professional level. Mm-hmm. That's true. And then um, a question, too, for you, Brian, on that. Um, how much do you think that helps the um, legitimacy of the University of Louisville women's basketball team? Oh, I think it's already at a, a top, top level. You look at the attendance, I think last year they were only behind, I think, Tennessee in attendance. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, the, the job... Jeff Wolf has done is, you know, unparalleled and, and could be argued as, as he hasn't won a title like Rick has, but boy, he is the recruiting classes. Louisville's women's program is right on top in the top couple uh, and uh, very impressive. And what, what Angel has done uh, in the league and uh, it's very, very impressive. And his recruiting classes coming in just keep getting better and better. Amazing. Angel McCautry was also in there. I was watching it, the game. I didn't have the volume up the whole time, but I did catch quite a bit of the game yesterday. And something that struck me outside of the Louisville theme that we're discussing was just how many of these names of these players I really did recognize. You had Diana Tarazi, um, um, what is Tamika her name? Catchings. Tamika Catchings. What's the girl from yeah. Notre Dame? The, uh, the pretty girl. What's her name? Um, oh, I don't know, but the one from Tennessee, the uh, the tall girl from Tennessee that plays so good. Uh, obviously, uh, Brittany Griner, player of the year. No, yeah, I think she went to she might have went to UConn. No, I but I, I was just talking over overall. No, yeah, I was just talking overall name recognition. Um, is it was was ridiculously more than I assumed I would have. I recognized Skylar Diggins. Skylar Diggins, yeah. So yeah. I just recognize okay, a lot thing I of these guys. To point up, Girls. Oh yeah, it's, it's the WNBA has really picked up in popularity as we know now because we are recognizing a lot more names. I wanted to talk just a little bit more uh, about U of L football. Have you seen where the ticket prices on the secondary market have went to? Currently, Louisville tickets are the tenth most expensive home games 
uh, tenth most expensive uh, in the nation, wow. and that is beating some big time programs. Their sky, their ticket prices have skyrocketed on the secondary market because of the great schedule they have. And I guess the hope that uh, Bobby Petrino is going to bring a winning style back to Louisville, but uh, unbelievable ticket demand for football games. Wow, what do that's you... that's crazy. I mean, it makes sense, but um, gosh. It's awesome. I, it was like blows my mind. <laughs> it's awesome, except yeah, in, unless you're unless you're that. trying to buy a ticket. Well, yeah, and then I guess too, um, you know, there goes the whole strength of schedule nonsense. Like we don't have to deal with that this year, um, which would be a good thing. And then um, I'm interested to see since the whole play are the they're trying to implement the whole playoff system this year, like yep. what that's going to look like and um, like how that's going to work because. You know, in years past, we would have said our strength of schedule is fantastic. If we do really well in the schedule, we all have a chance to contend for a national championship. Like, that's totally new. What do you think about that, Brian? Oh, I think that's a great point, Ashley. And, and you know, there is absolutely no question that if Louisville could, could have a huge year. And, and, I mean, they are definitely – they've got the defending champion, Florida State, and the prohibited number one team in the country coming on a Thursday night to Papa John Stadium. You know, they go to Notre Dame, uh, you know, the, the Saturday before uh, Thanksgiving and then the following Saturday. And interesting enough, guess what ticket is the most expensive on that schedule is that last game of the year, that last Saturday after Thanksgiving, UK game. The ticket prices on that are outrageous. And uh, so there is no question that the schedule they have, if, 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 they're, they're currently a 17-point underdog uh, in Vegas, against Florida State, but if they could put together a magical run this year or some year in the future, their schedule would allow them to compete for a national championship. Yeah. I don't know. Amazing to think. I'm looking over the schedule. You mentioned many of the opponents. I mean, even guys, you know, teams who are not uh, Florida State. I mean, North Carolina State, Syracuse, Clemson, uh, Wake Forest. Yeah. It's just a whole different ball game with now that we're in the ACC. I mean, a lot to be excited about as far as the strength of schedule perspective. Yeah. I'm excited. To yeah, watch unbelievable it. difference. Yeah, it's going to be fun down at Papa John's uh, and uh, Bobby needs to produce. I mean, uh, you know, Louisville's taking a chance and uh, uh, they clearly, you know, Bobby's got his baggage, but Bobby wins. Well, Bobby has to win. Uh, because uh, with the baggage, the only reason people put up with Bobby is because he does win. And I expect him to win, but he does need to win in order to keep it going because uh, they're recruiting right now. You know, the way the the colleges go now, you really got to get on these kids young. And with a coaching change, he's a couple years back. So the best thing for recruiting is to win and to win big. He's He's got a very talented team of a lot. Charlie left him with a lot of good players. So, uh, I expect that he will win, but I sure hope he does win because that's the most important thing to keep this momentum going for the football team. Brian, what do you think, um, if you had to pick a magic number, what would be that number of losses that UofL fans and administration actually would be okay with? Acceptable number yeah, of losses. Yeah, acceptable number of, a number of losses with this um, strong of a schedule um, this season. That's a great question, Ashley. I would say four. I say it's Louisville. I mean, Odds are they're not going to beat the defending champs, Florida State. They've got Clemson. They've got to go to Notre Dame. You know, uh, I would say if they, you know, finish maybe like eight and four, I think that would be considered a, a nice success and something that he could build on. So 
any more than four losses, I think uh, he may start hearing some pressure. I mean, you got to look back at his record. I think it was 41 and nine when he was here before. So, I mean, you don't get the nine losses in that many years uh, by losing more than four in any one year. So, and he has got a very good returning group of people. I mean, Devontae Parker uh, is, they, you know, it really looks like maybe the best wide receiver in the country. Will Gardner looks like he's going to be a good quarterback. They got Dyer and Dominique Brown in the backfield. Bolden back on the line. They've got a very good offensive line. I mean, they've got a very talented team. So I would put that number actually at four. Hmm. I was thinking the same thing because I think uh, five losses sounds like a failure for Bobby Bushkiner, which is almost crazy to say, consider, you know, this is a shot at the Wildcats, considering what goes on 100 miles from here. But I think in the city of Louisville these days, you know, a five-loss season is, is, a, is a wash. Brian, yeah, I agree 100%. I think that's right. Brian, before we let you go, what is this I'm hearing about Rory McIlroy's family making a bet on him, and it looks like they're going to cash in? Oh, this is an unbelievable story, uh, Kelly. Uh, years ago, many years ago, I forget how many, but his father and a couple relatives bet 100 bucks each, I think a total of $400, that said his boy, Rory, would win the British Open by the time he was 25. Well, he's 25, and he'll turn 26 in two months. They have verified that he still is 25, so still legitimate. The wager equates now to $341,000 that his family's going to win if he wins the British Open today. Amazing. Wow. I'm looking at it. It was 10 years ago. He was 15 years old when his father and his family members placed this bet. Brian, I know you have a couple kids. Did you place any bets on either of them doing anything athletically uh, of that level? Not a chance. Uh, you don't <laughs> have the luxury of knowing my two children, but uh, neither one of them has showed any promise athletically. Good kids, love them dearly. Uh, academically was a problem, too. No, no kidding, kidding, all kidding aside. No, I never made any crazy bets like that. But uh, uh, you got to admire it. They obviously saw brilliant thinning because he's not from a very wealthy family, and for them to put that kind of, you know, it's interesting over in that culture in England and Northern Ireland, which is part of Great Britain, you know, they, they wager on anything. Uh, and so here we couldn't even have that bet. I mean, you don't have, you know, you have, you know, uh, the Reds to win the World Series and whatever Vegas wants to put, but over there you can wager on just about anything. So, uh, no, I, I did not think about that with my two boys. Thank you very much for joining us this morning, Brian. Um, we look forward to speaking to you next Sunday. Have a great rest of your weekend. Thank you. Thanks, Brian. Thank you, guys. I love the show. Bye-bye. Great stuff there from our man, Brian, the insider. We're going to head to a break here. Ashley and I will be back with more of the weekend sports buzz. Stay tuned.
Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz. I am Kelly Patrick, alongside my co-host, the lovely Ashley Miller, coming back at you with what I assume, Peter, was a song from the music festival, an artist who played for Forecastle. Is that right or no? No, okay. Uh, okay, well, can you tell us about that selection? Yeah, please, Peter. Who? What was the music? Jay Dilla. Okay. Just mixing it up a little bit. Fair enough. Ashley, you didn't get to go to Forecastle, did you? No, I did not. They had some good good acts there. I heard a lot about it, actually, um, when I was actually seeing patients yesterday. Wait, not yesterday. Friday. Uh, a lot of my patients were telling me that's what they were doing this weekend and um, seemed very excited about it. I heard someplace there were like, they said there were like over 60,000 tickets that were sold. Did wow. you hear about that? I don't know. They said over there are $100 per day. So isn't that also going on today? Yeah, I think yeah. Jack White plays tonight. Um, I'm looking over the lineup. I mean, pretty, what's that, Peter? I'm sorry, he played last night. Okay, Outcast. I heard it was great. What's that? Beck is tonight, okay? Um, I'm looking over at Dwight Yoakam, Nickel Creek, pretty cool, like bluegrass band. Gary Clark Jr. is supposedly real bluesy, right, Peter? Um, let's see, other bands on here that I recognize. You know, there's a, there's a lot of, um, it's within the, the festival realm of things. It's a pretty good festival. It, yeah, a lot of people, like I, I come across people from across the country who say that they look forward to it each year. So pretty significant, eventful weekend for the city of Louisville with the, the um, forecastle. One of the topics, Ashley, you and I have discussed Almost every week seems to revert back to, which is fine by me, the NBA mm-hmm. and the biggest story in the NBA, mm-hmm. which is LeBron James. Couple storylines over the last couple days involving his return to Cleveland, one of them being um, that Kyrie Irving released a, a shocking statement to say he has a great feeling mm-hmm. about how LeBron James came back to Cleveland and he's going to be his teammate. I'm being sarcastic. Obviously, of course, Kyrie Irving is very happy. Yeah, he should be. He should be because uh, LeBron James is just getting ready to up Kyrie's name recognition among the mainstream media ridiculously. And I'm sure his um, his advertisement and endorsement revenue will increase also. And is a chance to among, win a title. Yeah, and I think among that, um, I'm sure Kyrie Irving knows, like most anybody that's very basketball savvy, is that... LeBron James makes his teammates better, and he's very, very good at um, not only being such a phenomenal player, but growing those around him and putting them in opportunities to be great. So um, I think that's definitely something for Kyrie Irving to be inspired about and excited about. In my opinion, something that I think Kyrie Irving has to look forward to is this. What we saw in Miami, it worked. He was there for four years. He won two titles. He was in the finals all four years. But what we saw was him teamed up with a couple, let's face it, a couple wing players who almost play a similar position to him. Mm -hmm. Kyrie Irving is not that. He's a true point guard. Very quick guy. Um, I think LeBron James is best suited, just my personal opinion, for being paired up with either a great center and or a great point guard. And I think we've got one half of that with the point guard in Kyrie Irving. I think um, LeBron will get him many open outside shots. He's a great uh, above-average outside shooter, Kyrie Irving is. And I, I think the attention 
that that LeBron will draw to himself, will free Kyrie Irving up to do just a whole lot more. They will get many assists to each other, and I think their style's going to work. I think they're a great fit. I would argue even a better fit than LeBron was alongside Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh. Mm-hmm. It's my opinion. Time will tell if that's the case or not. Another story regarding LeBron James is he is asking his fans if they think he should go with number six or number 23. I think you should go with number five. Number five. Why is that? It's my number. Oh, okay. <laughs> you should write in and, and let him know that. Yeah. Tweet at him. It's always been It's my lucky number, so it's interesting. So do you think he should go with if, – if the options are 6 or 23? 23 because I always – for me, it was always a – had to have be 5, have a 5 in it, or the numbers add up to 5. So if <laughs> okay. 23 adds okay. up to 5, that works for me. It's interesting because I feel like every time there's a 5 in something that I do, I win. Or I do really, really well at it. So wow. um, – like I said, my basketball number was always five. Um, when I moved actually to my new condo, it's number five. It's really interesting. My district is 32, which is 32 and five, right? So, I mean, it, it's just in the universe. So, right. I think if he wants to have a successful tenure at, 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 at Cleveland. Other than the Ashley Miller aspect of him choosing his number, what about the constant comparisons he seemingly cannot avoid of him between – Himself and Michael Jordan. Eh, Does that matter? I don't think it matters because I think that he's created his own legacy. And the the player that he is and the player that Michael Jordan is are night and day. They're completely different players. They're completely different body types and builds. Their games are completely different. So I think that LeBron James at this point in his career has built enough of a legacy to do whatever he wants. So I think if he wants to be 23, he can brand that. For um for Cleveland, wait, was he twenty three when he was there before? He was. Yeah, so I think um as much as they're saying, oh, the kingdom restored and all this that and the other, for him to pick twenty three would almost be the thing to do. It would just make sense. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, an interesting uh, being that we just went through this experience with the World Cup. I was educated on many things regarding the world of soccer. Um, by my friends who know more about the sport than I do. One of them is, hands down, every time you have a team, mm-hmm. the best player wears number 10. Hmm. And I'm trying to find the origin origin of this, but I, I assume it's someone like Pele who started it. I don't know. I'd love for someone to call in 502-384-1450 and correct me, but I assume it's because someone started... And they wore that number many, many years ago. Mm-hmm. And now, you know... Uh, it just became like a tradition? Yeah, Messi wears it. I mean, the best soccer players in the world wear number 10. Is that the direction of what we're headed toward with, with the, basketball? With the number 23? Well, I think that uh, most players that, have ever, that wore 23 was almost an homage to Michael Jordan. So that makes sense. I think Pistol Pete actually wore number 23 Three first before mm-hmm. Michael Jordan, but no one's wearing it specifically because of Pistol Pete. Um, and Michael Jordan, we know he he wore it because it was something along the lines of it. His dad wore forty five, and if he could be half the player or something like mm-hmm, that, mm-hmm. if he could be half the player his dad was, then he'd be happy. So, I think Derek. Am I wrong? Did Derek wear Derek Anderson wear number twenty three? I'm going to check that out. Not sure. Let me see. I think at one point he wore number twenty three, but. An interesting topic to me, his choice of 
number six or 23. Maybe it's not that important. It really isn't. Evaluating uh, you know, exactly what's going on with um, a, a player's jersey number really doesn't hold much weight in the big scheme of things. What does would be whether or not they're going to pull off a trade. They're now supposedly offering Anthony Bennett, former number one pick from last year, who's actually looked good in the preseason, Andrew Wiggins, number one pick from this year, and a future first-round pick for Kevin Love. If you're the Timberwolves, do you accept that? You're going to lose him after his contract expires no matter what next year. It's t- I feel like it's tough because there's 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 always the potential of a bad decision because if that backfires backfire how would it backfire if he just doesn't pan out to 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 work in the system if Kevin Love doesn't yeah and if it's if LeBron for whatever reason a lot on one player yeah and if LeBron for whatever reason doesn't feel like he's a good fit and doesn't play well with him or if there's any type of animosity there like you know what I'm saying like yeah. you always take think about the whole like Kobe Shaq phenomenon even though I think LeBron is not that guy but then there's some people that say that Kevin Love isn't worth the potential loss that that the the Cavs the people the Cavs would lose in order to get him I don't know I feel like it's it's a tough situation how much do you think LeBron plays in terms of like actively involved in that, is he talking to them? I, he's released statements saying he would like to be a teammate of Kevin Love's. It, basically, what it's doing is it's trying to recreate the big three concept that the Celtics started and then the Heat um, redid. Mm-hmm. It's trying to do that, but with a couple young guys. It's saying we want um, a. Let's see, how old's Kyrie Irving? I believe he's 21. Young, he's a young guy. He's 22. All right, how old is Kevin Love? Despite being in the league for five years or however long it's been, I think he's still just 23. 25. Is he 25? 25. So that's young. That's younger than when Chris Bosh and Dwayne Wade joined forces with oh, LeBron. of course. Of so he's course. looking for some young, fresh legs. But I think we, I said this last week, how much do you lose? When you, so you go for youth and stamina and um, freshness, I guess for lack of a better word, but what do you lose there in experience? Because you've got these guys that haven't been in the league very long. Um, but then it's, does LeBron want to become the kind of teacher, big brother of all these guys and kind of pull them into his system um, or pull them into a place where they're, they buy in? And You see what I'm saying? Like you lose a lot of the – the potential for just like basketball IQ and basketball savvy because the game that these guys are playing the now is totally different. So you look at a team like the Spurs, those are veteran, polished basketball players. The guys I think that are younger, like in that twenty one to twenty six, twenty seven year old frame, for most for most of them they didn't play much college basketball. They've kind of been on teams before where they're the star, so they kind of everything is built around them. Like you lose a lot of that basketball experience and IQ and savvy with the younger players. So I get that you would want some fresh guys that can go the distance and play till uh, what June is that you know the end of the NBA Finals and then still be able to pick up and be ready to go in September. But um, I think there's going to be a lot of there's going to be a big transition there from LeBron playing with veterans like Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh. 
and guys that have been around the block and know basketball can just kind of fall into place than coming with a team full of new guys. I think that's a whole different challenge. And is LeBron really willing to do that? Maybe he is. Maybe this place in his career, he really doesn't want to teach anymore. He Uh, just wants to play basketball. Well, apparently he... So you, what you're saying is if he went, if he stuck with Andrew Wiggins and Anthony Bennett, mm-hmm. he would be a complete teacher. I think that he's going to he be, would. he's going to be, be the big brother. That would be completely a youth movement. Mm-hmm. If they trade those guys in a future first round pick for Kevin Love, it'd still be a youth movement. Yeah. Not not so much. Not as big. Not one. not as much. So it's just a decision for LeBron. Does he want to be the me- mentor of these guys? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If I'm LeBron, from my perspective, once again, you know, I don't. I'm not in his shoes. I don't know exactly how he feels. But from my perspective... If you were LeBron, what would you be thinking, Kelly? I, I would be thinking... I have people ask me that all the time. If if I were LeBron, <laughs> I would be thinking, what's going to help me win the most titles over the next 10 years? So then you go with the young guys and you teach them. Kevin Love's young, too. He's 6'10". He's 25. He'll, Is he be, good he'll be playing in ten years, most likely. But don't they already have? They already have a six ten, don't they? They got Anderson Verjao, right? Right. So why? Because this this six ten guy in Kevin Love. Let me bring up his numbers. Is he better than who? Anderson Verjao. Is he better than Anderson? Yes, he's a legitimate. In my opinion, a legitimate. But why MVP, not get rid MVP of Anderson Verjao and just <laughs> why? The, these that? were his numbers from last year. Kevin Love twenty six point one points per game. Mm-hmm. 26 points per game, 12.5. On what team? On the Timberwolves. Okay, that's all I'm saying. Okay. So, that, I mean, that's a Chris Bosh. That's a Chris Bosh. Okay. If he comes into a better team, that's what fair. does he look like? That's fair. Uh-oh, Peter's about to get me. <laughs> that may be true. Peter, if you have any comment, chime in, please. Chris Bosh did that. This is basically Chris Bosh 2.0. Yeah. Let's look at Chris Bosh's numbers right before what, he... Wait, what are his rebounds? His rebounds 12.5. 12.5? In, in in many games, you look at the stat line, and Kevin Love has twenty two or twenty three rebounds. Mm. I mean, he and he can shoot threes. He's like a video game player. He's um, bizarrely effective. All right, let's see. Before Chris Bosh went to the Miami Heat, his numbers were. Mm. 24 points per game. How many rebounds? 11 rebounds a game. Same deal. Wow. Okay. You can make that argument. Okay. Kevin Love, you go the Kevin Love route, you're going Chris Posh 2.0. Yep. And if Kevin Love gets to Cleveland and starts getting six rebounds a game, I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> and realistically, that's a ch- there's a chance for yeah. that. Yeah. I'm not saying Kevin Love's not better than, than Chris Bosh. But you bring up a, a, a fair point. I mean, he. When you're on LeBron's team, you have to change things. LeBron gets a lot of those rebounds. Mm-hmm. And those rebounds that he doesn't get, your workhorse Anderson Verzhao will get a lot of them. So you think they'd be possibly better fit to stick with Andrew Wiggins and Anthony Bennett, who are still both, both despite the fact that Anthony Bennett's in his second year. He's a complete wild card. He could rebound and have a good year. I think, the, but he was a complete bust. Yeah, during unproven, his first year. unproven players. Completely. 
So I, I think it's a risk either way it goes because you have the unproven player that's coming in, like Andrew Wiggins. People don't know how he's going to translate. And you said the player you just said that is a bust or was a bust in his first season. Then you have someone like Kevin Love that's been a phenomenal player for a team that's not so good. How is he going to translate on a team that they're trying to build to become this, this dynasty or kingdom, as the Cleveland fans are calling it? So I feel like there's so many question marks there. Like, it could go amazing. It could be a bust. If it's a bust, do they risk, like our one of our callers from last week say, getting LeBron in that place again where he feels like everything's on his shoulders and he doesn't want to do this anymore, and then he leaves. No question. What Andrew Wiggins seems to possibly bring to the table for me is maybe a Scottie Pippen-esque type player. Fran Fraschilla and all the NBA draft executives for years have said – that upon entering the NBA, Andrew Wiggins would immediately be a top five athletic talent as far as just strictly athleticism. So to have someone by your side who's only 19, I think, 20 years old maybe, mm-hmm. for the next 10 years, who can – LeBron won't have to guard the best guy on the other team. Kevin sure. Love's not going to substitute that. No. Andrew Wiggins and his freakish athleticism may be a better fit. So – your if it was your money, God. you were it was your team. I'd still go Kevin Love. You go Kevin Love just because he's like an MVP candidate. Big stars win titles. Big stars, they do. Big stars on bad teams or we big can, stars we that say, we can say Chris Boss was a bust all we want. He won. They won two titles with him. Gosh, not that he was much help. I'm just saying. But, but you're right. I think this is going to be really interesting. It, oh, certainly very interesting. Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line, 502-384-1450. Plenty to talk about today. We're going to head to the Buzz Line now before we wrap up the first hour where we got our man Carolina. Steve, we missed you last week, Carolina. How are you doing this morning? Too much basketball during baseball and football season. Yes, sir. I'm okay with that. You shouldn't be talking about it. You should be talking about the upcoming football season. You should be talking about the All-Star game the other night, which was uh, – I got to see the guy on there that I think is the superstar of baseball now, Trout from the Angels. And plus, it was great to see Jeter have such a good game in his last All-Star game. No question about it, Carolina. You're right. We had not got to that. Derek Jeter came through with two big hits uh, in the All-Star game. And that was after many criticized that he got to start. So he came through and proved his critics wrong. How great of a player. I know that baseball has been around for 100, however many years, Peter, 150 years, whatever it is. How much of an all-time great is Jeter? He's in the top 50 ever to play the game. That's a huge statement. Wow. Top Probably 50. in the top. You've you got to consider there's nine out there in the pack. Yeah. As far as shortstops goes, I would say probably the best shortstop I ever saw was Cal Ripken Jr. Okay. When he was playing. And uh, probably Jeter's in there. Jeter can hit the ball. Jeter can feel the ball. He's He's been a leader. He's never been a problem with the team. And I just think that he is probably in my lifetime other than – and I say he's better than – in my lifetime, he's the best shortstop I've ever seen. The others in that conversation would obviously be Cal Ripken Jr., maybe Ozzie Smith. 
Yeah, you got Smith. Uh, and I'd say Smith may be on the field in part, but as far as the power and the hitting, I would take uh, I would take Jeter over him any day because he he wasn't much of a power hitter. He he uh, to me Smith was one of those punch and duty hitters. What about Honus Wagner, Carolina? Who? Honus Wagner? I don't know. I never saw him. I just know his baseball card is the most expensive baseball card you could buy. Yeah, I mean, he. I'm looking at his Wikipedia page. He died in 1955, but he's probably considered one of the most successful shortstops. So Derek Jeter, the end to a storybook career. Um, you're right, Carolina. And you say Austin Trout, as far as star power, future Hall of Famer who's playing in the game today, Austin Trout is as good as they come. Well, when you look at that team, they got Trout, they got Puyos, they got Josh Hamilton on that team now. Uh, I just was reading here in the paper where they traded for a relief pitcher in Houston Street who's an all-star. And all, and I just thought it would, uh, you know, that that was going to be pretty good. And when you go, I want to ask, I want to settle yours and Ashley's little argument right now. If the Cavaliers are smart, they'll go ahead and get rid of those two, trade the draft choice, and get Love because Love will give them three to four championships right now. Wow. All right. I mean, he, he he's putting up the good, numbers. Ashley. You heard it here first. Hey, the thing, the thing of it is, if Red Arbach were still running the Celtics, the Celtics would have him. Now, he would figure out a way to trade to get him. And so uh, that's just the thing. I've always liked Love. I believe one year, I think he had a double-double every basketball game that he played in. And I just like him because he does the dirty work under there. He can hit the three. And by the way, you're talking about what number? Give him 23. Get rid of six for him because he's disrespecting the number of the greatest basketball player ever to play in the playoffs. Dr. J? No. This guy won 12 championships. Oh, Bill Russell. <laughs> That's correct, and he'll do something that uh, LeBron and none of them will ever do. He won the uh, championship being a player coach. I wouldn't put it past LeBron to one day be a coach of a team, to be honest. But you're right, until he does it, and I mean, I don't expect LeBron to get 12 damn titles, so you're right. Bill Russell deserves all the, all the credit that he gets, and, and probably more. Well, I'm an old school. That's uh, the Celtics were my team back in the day, and I just love to see them. They had such great basketball players. A lot of people never heard of, like Sam Jones, Tom Heinsohn. They had the uh, probably one of the greatest and grittiest players I ever saw in John Havlicek. You won't see a player today play with a separated shoulder like he did, and it was his right shoulder, and he was shooting left-handed in the playoffs versus the Knicks. And that was that's something that I'll always remember him and the football player from the Rams who played with a broken leg in the Super Bowl. Those are the two, to me, uh, greatest you know things like that. Now, but we getting on it, uh, getting ready for some football. I am going to get to go see my favorite football team, Kelly, play uh, 
they're opening game. I'm getting to see East Carolina play, and I'm getting to go to a place that the Louisville fans will learn in to learn up dreading for their football team to get. Where's that? Death Valley. Oh my goodness! Well, I, 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 I am. am. I'm going down for that one, and probably I'm one of the few pl- uh, people here in this town or in this area that's ever played on that field. Wow, that's right. I played for the South Carolina freshman team against the Clemson freshman team in 1967, and we beat them. That's amazing, Carolina. We appreciate your call. Before we let you go, Carolina, anything else you want to get in? Oh, people, if you're going out next week to the Brickyard, kind of watch out. You might want to leave a little early. There's some uh, road construction going on. That's what's going to keep me from going. I'll watch it on television and everything. And uh, good to be back talking to you all. And uh, I'm just, I just can't wait. Until uh, the season starts in football, and uh, I will be at uh, Kentucky to see Kentucky play uh, Vanderbilt. So I'm I'm mapping out my football season pretty much uh, right now, and that's what I love. Get a chance to go to college campuses and watch a little football. Y'all have a nice day. Thank you, thank you, you too. We're up against the end end of the first hour, so we're going to head to a break here. Ashley and I will be back with more of your weekend sports buzz. Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz. I am Kelly Patrick alongside my co-host Ashley Miller coming at you as we do every Sunday from 10 until noon talking all things in the world of sports. The Weekend Sports Buzz, which is not only on Sunday, but on Saturday from 9 to 11, my man Mike Gandolfo and his rotating crew of co-hosts have the same themed show, a similar themed show every Saturday. The Weekend Sports Buzz is brought to you by Brandon J. Lawrence, personal injury attorney. Call 502-587-0041 to reach the best personal injury attorney in the city of Louisville. It's 11 o'clock, and as all our listeners know, at the 11 o'clock hour each week, we have the most popular segment on either television or radio in the Louisville Southern Indiana market. We have what we call Ashley's Loco Cinco, where we break down, Ashley breaks down the five craziest stories in the world of sports with no further ado ashley's crazy well kelly we do have five interesting stories for you today in the world of sports or about people in the world of sports but the first story um i'm sure you remember a few weeks ago we've we talked about the beef between ti and floyd mayweather oh yeah god i saw so of course there's more stuff happening in that apparently uh, TMZ released a story in which um, they were talking to Floyd Mayweather during a press conference, and 
they posted that Floyd Mayweather said he was having a sexual relationship or has in some point had a sexual relationship with T.I.'s wife, Tiny. Now, Floyd Mayweather issued a statement that says that he never had sex with T.I.'s wife, Tiny, and claims that the audio and the footage that they posted um, that earlier that day was not clear. Apparently, um, TMZ Sports says um, what they said was that I am effing his B. Um, when Mayweather said he actually said he thinks I was effing his B. <laughs> so in the video, um, the video is posted on TMZ site if you want to look at it, but it says uh, that Floyd, he does mutter something before the whole sex line, but it's really hard to make out. And uh, Mayweather added in his comments that I've never been with Tiny sexually. I respect her situation. I think she's a good person. I would never disrespect a marriage. Um, T.I.'s wife, Tiny, confirmed that statement, um, saying that she never had sexual relations with Floyd and thinks that he only spoke out at the presser to get revenge for her BET Awards diss. So apparently the BET Awards, he tried to get her attention and she just walked straight by him and like brushed him off. Um, she's made some pretty bad comments about her legal husband yeah, also. I mean, yeah. that's a, a train wreck of a marriage. Yeah, it's a hot mess. Um, an interesting hot mess that she like stuck by him while he was in prison and all those things. And then he comes home and then you want to be crazy. But whatever. Um, so T.I. they actually talked to and he just said, I hope he's enjoying himself. God bless him. So very interesting situation. And I'm not even really sure. Why this got started in the first place, obviously, remember, they kind of got into a little fight in the in and out Burger, like, a while ago. Like, it's just a mess. And I don't, Tiny just, and Floyd have been seen together, though. Yes, they have. But I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's a mess. If you out there, you're, you're a listener of the Weekend Sports Buzz, and you think you have marital problems, that's nothing compared to what T.I. and Tiny are going through. And having Floyd Mayweather right in the middle of it. Yeah. See, and it's very public. Sounds, very public. Sounds horrible. Very ugly. Very unfortunate. Story number two. So apparently Dwayne Wayne and Gabrielle Union have um, officially decided when they're getting married and have begun sending out wedding invitations. But they are warning their guests, no cameras, no phones, which I'm sure could be a huge problem since some of their guests are addicted to social media, i.e. LeBron James. Um the famous couple has sent out wedding invitations, um, made of wood, by the way, um, inviting their close friends and family members to put on your dancing shoes and join us for a throwdown. It all is set to go in some mystery location in Miami on August 30th. Um, guests have been instructed to meet up at some famous hotel where they will be transported to the wedding site. So no one apparently knows where the wedding is actually happening. They have to go to this um, this hotel and get bussed to the wedding site. So, um, most the most important part of the invitation is the note which directs them to leave their phones and cameras at home for the comfort of our guests and to protect our privacy. So, here's the thing. It says, to our family and friends, we are so looking forward to sharing this special day with you for the comfort of our guests and to protect our privacy. No cameras and no cell phones will be permitted at the party. Also... Photo IDs will be required for all guests. Gentlemen must wear formal attire in black. Ladies, we would love to see you in formal white. So then they go on and tell them what time they have to arrive at the hotel, and they will be shuttled once on site. 
You should allow at least 30 minutes to be processed through security at the venue. We thank you in advance for your understanding and cooperation. See you soon. Love, Gab and Dwayne. Wow. That's serious. That's serious. And Dwayne Wade went through a slop. We just got done talking about divorce or horrible marriages between T.I. and Tiny. Uh, Dwayne Wade had the most public horrible divorce Possibly that I can think of. And then got engaged and the girl came out that she was pregnant. Another girl. Oh, that's right. Well, that was right before he got engaged, I think, actually. Hot mess. And why, why is he in such a rush to get married again? Why do you think? <laughs> what do you mean? I feel like it happens all the time. Like, guys get in trouble and they're like, oh, crap. Let me go ahead and put a ring on it because I'm about to lose her. You got in trouble for the girl, the baby girl. Well, why marry? Why get married? Why not just be um, Derek Jeter? Derek Jeter is the most beloved sports figure in the world, and he sleeps with whoever he wants to. Yeah. Nobody why? wants to be 70 and alone. <laughs> Kelly. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's it. I don't know. Who else does that? Who, well, who is the golfer who came out? It wasn't Rory, was it? Peter, that wasn't Rory who was going to get married and then just reversed his stance, was it? I'll figure it out, but wow. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Gabrielle Union and Dwayne Wade with a very private, very private, very planned out wedding. Yes. All right. Story Photo n- IDs and everything. Story number three. Story number three. San Francisco 49ers superstar Alden Smith, who's um, officially sentenced to 12 days in jail um, in a case involving a DUI arrest and weapons charges, but... He won't serve this time in one continuous block. Um, apparently, Smith appeared in court in Santa Clara, California, to be punished for his DUI conviction from 2013 and his misdemeanor gun possession charges from a 2012 incident. Um, he was sentenced to 12 days in jails, which can be served by participating in a work crew program where he'll do manual labor during the day and spend his evenings in a jail cell. Uh, the judge has allowed him to do his work crew service on Mondays beginning on July 28th, and he'll have to complete 11 days since he already has credit for the one day he previously spent in jail. Um, in addition to the jail time, Smith was also placed on a three-year probation, meaning he better not do anything stupid like yell, there's a bomb in the airport, or <laughs> uh, a judge could throw him in the slammer for a lot longer than 12 days. But um, in addition, he also he has the 12 days he has to do hard labor. He has the three years probation, and he has to complete 235 hours of community service. I mean, seriously. Well, he's done some pretty irresponsible things. Right, but I guess my part in this is, um, or my comment would be, no one gets to choose when they get to go to jail. Like, yeah. oh, you go to jail one day a week for 12 weeks in a row until we get your 12 days in. Yeah. Who does that? Are you just doing that because he's a superstar? If that's the case, like no, I agree with you. Superstar status should not allow you to dictate your jail sentence. Richie Farmer came out and said he wanted to delay his jail sentence about a week so he could watch his son play in the state tournament. Mm. Um, I don't think they, yeah. they allowed him to do that, but you know, you see um, all sorts of superstars who go to jail and end up having adjusted sentences. For whatever reason, it seems to conveniently be for people who have a lot of money. Yeah, which is terrible. That's terrible. That is terrible. So if you knew, like, you could commit a crime, Kelly, and just go to jail one day a week for the next... One day a j- one day in jail still doesn't sound appealing enough for I me. Mean, no, for but any- I don't care what I could get away with. <laughs> but if you went to jail for 12 weeks in a row on Monday, 
So we'd had an awesome show on Sunday. You check yourself in on Monday morning and you stay there um, until the evening. Every Monday That'd for the next mu- 12 weeks. That would be much less worse. That, that wouldn't be as bad as being in there for like 12 straight days. Right. Yeah, I could. So do you learn anything from that? Probably not, not as much. It makes you feel like you're even more pampered and, you know, celebrity just because of your money. Right. Um, Just in from Twitter for story number two, Brandon Lawrence, you know, our fact checker, said that Roy was going to marry the tennis player. I can't say that last name. Oh, okay. Wozniak or something like that. That's right. It was Rory. The guy who's getting ready to win the British Open. He took my advice (laughs) and he's taken the Derek Jeter approach to things. He bailed Mm -hmm. out of his wedding, I think, the day before. Wozniak. Wozniak. Thank you. Thank you, Peter. Thank you. So, yeah, good. Good for him, I guess. I, guess. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it does seem quick for me for uh, Dwayne Wade and Gabrielle Union to be getting into this. Well, if you think about marriage. it, uh, Peyton Siva got married in like three months too. They got engaged. Remember that? Like they got engaged like around Derby time, and then they got married in like August. Yeah, July or August or something like that. Like I don't know. Maybe that's just the thing to do. Maybe when you just get engaged with someone you know, you just go for it. All right, moving right along. Story, Story number, number four. four. So I'm not sure if you've heard about this. Um, Kelly, you may want to watch the video, but um, apparently NHL superstar Tyler Seguin let pro golfer tee off from his genital area. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. And it was all caught on video. Um, Tyler, um, the NHL star, agreed to this stunt to promote the TFP Charity Golf Classic, hosted by the Dallas Stars player. Um, Seguin claims that the man... <laughs> I'm watching it. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. The, he, <laughs> he claims that the guy who smacked the balls are, the ball off of his genital area <laughs> was a professional. But still, um, I'm not sure if that was the smartest decision because that could have gone horribly wrong. It was um, for charity, though. I, I think I'm for this. Hockey players are... Famous for being crazy. Yeah. Why not make some money for charity off of I it? I guess. Um, apparently, he's not the first person to use his body as a T. Um, earlier this year, John Daly smacked a ball out of a woman's mouth. And a few years ago, a model let a Playboy radio host tee off from the crack of her butt cheek. So, from um, the crack of her butt cheeks? Yeah, and that didn't go very well. And the model sued for damages to her butt. But um, apparently, this incident with Tiger Seguin went unscathed and everything was fine but that could have gone really bad that may get my vote because i mean to be honest with you i respect that he's making money for charity (laughs) very ballsy move literally story number five story number five um this is kind of interesting to me but according to bill simmons michael jordan should not have won the 1988 slam dunk contest and um only emerged victorious because the whole thing was rigged so <laughs> apparently uh, Bill Simmons was in L.A. for the ESPYs and was asked actually by a TMZ photographer um, who would win a current day basically in being funny like a geriatric dunk off between Michael Jordan and Dominique Wilkins, um, which would be a rematch of the 1988 final. Bill's response um, which would kind of be blasphemy from anyone from Chicago because not only does he pick Dominique Wilkins, he claims that the whole original battle was a total scam. Um, apparently, he explains that this is the same reason why LeBron James and Blake Griffin would never go head-to-head in a dunk contest, no matter how much people would try to throw money at them. 
So... So why, So was it that Dominique Wilkins did not participate that year? No, no. He just said that it was Michael a, Jordan won, but not because he was a better dunker. It's it because the NBA was manipulating they it. it. Yes. Wow. So he, he was kind of alluding to the fact that if LeBron James and Blake Griffin had the same type of thing, even though Blake Griffin is more of the crazy, like... More of the human highlight reel-esque type of... He's Dominique Wilkins right, to, to... To LeBron James being Michael Jordan. Exactly. That the league would nod to LeBron James because he is the star of the league and the face of the league that for the sense. most part. And uh, there's really no point of doing it. So that's the reason why they will never go head-to-head because that's what happened in 1988 and Michael Jordan reigned victorious and he should not have. All right. Very makes, interesting. It, it is interesting. It makes sense because um, the most obscure player out there may have been someone who was cut from an NBA team, but he just happens to be the best dunker. That doesn't mean he's the best basketball player. That doesn't mean he's necessarily even an NBA level basketball player. Just because you can dunk really well because I'm sure there's doesn't guys, mean you're that great, really. I'm sure there's guys in the dirt bowl that can yeah. dunk really awesome that wouldn't have a place on an NBA team. I'm just saying. Story number four gets my vote. I love hearing that a, a hockey player allowed a professional golfer to hit a ball off of his, uh, it was teed up above his genitals. Story number four gets Kelly Patrick's vote. Kelly Patrick's vote. Story number four. Mm, I'm kind of going to go with story number two, the whole wedding fiasco, because I find that extremely intriguing. Um, and then, I mean, maybe one day I'll be famous enough to have to go through these types of things um, to have a private wedding. I get that. But golly gotta have your id you're gonna be bused to a private location if you're a celebrity and you're marrying another celebrity i can kind of see where you want to be careful i mean those people broke into the those people snuck in and had dinner with obama or what remember (laughs) that story so there's weirdos and funny people even just trying to do weird stuff all the time so i can see being careful especially if it's two celebrities two celebrities my question is um how will they prevent the paparazzi and people of that nature from following the buses to the private locations. I don't know. Sh- and I mean, are they going to put like LeBron James and Chris Bosh and them on a Greyhound and like drive? I mean, is it going to be like a party bus or that's what I want to know. Like those type of details. I don't know. The only way to do it would be to get a hundred different limos. All right. You get everybody into different limos, and then you just start mixing them up. So if someone's watching, you don't know which one has the celebrities, mm-hmm. and then they all head off in random different directions. That's a good idea. <laughs> and so you have paparazzi following So they them. all go a different way to end up in the same location. No, 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 no. They no? Have one, just for the sake of distracting the paparazzi, one goes to, like, Florida, one goes to <laughs> Nevada, and one goes to Canada, and they follow, and they really don't know what, what they're following, so therefore you'll probably miss... That's hilarious. That's, um, that's my, also uh, my solution. Something else that I read about this whole situation is that now, because it has become such a private thing, that um, they'll be able to charge more for releasing their wedding photos. Makes sense. Which is very going to be very interesting. I don't know. Peter, do you have a, do you have a, um, a vote? That's all right, Peter. Peter's working the boards for us over there. He's working hard over there. We are the Weekend Sports Buzz. I'm Kelly Patrick alongside my lovely co-host, Ashley Miller. I encourage our listeners to give us a call on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line, 502-384-1450. We're going to head to the Buzz Line now where we have our man, Pappy Jack, on the line with us. Are you there, Jack? Hi, Kelly. What's up? 
Not much, man. We appreciate you jo- joining us this morning. To discuss the Cavs. I heard you talking about my Cavaliers. Yeah, what, what's your take on the LeBron situation overall? And do you think they should hold on to Anthony Bennett and Andrew Wiggins, or would they be better off just mortgaging their entire future or most of their future on bringing in Kevin Love? Well, what you also didn't discuss is that they have two more number one picks on that roster: Tristan Thompson and uh, Deion Waiters. So we still have them, and they're three- and four-year players. So we can get rid of Wiggins. I hate to. He looks he looks great. But we have to get Kevin Love at all costs. And we still have Deion Waiters. You got Tristan Thompson, a great rebounder. And then uh, Berjow, he's got to stay because that's LeBron's buddy. Mm. It's amazing. that and he's tri- a banger, tri- yeah. Tristan Thompson, Anthony Bennett, and Andrew Wiggins, all three Canadian. Yeah, yeah. So so hopefully one of them breaks out. <laughs> do you think that um, the talent of Kevin Love, that, that will translate on, you know, he's playing for the Timberwolves, a team that's not that great right now. Um, will he have an issue coming to the Cavs and not being the star? Uh, no, because LeBron has reached out to him, and uh, it's all about winning championships. Uh, I believe he's better than Chris Bosh. He's a bigger body. He can. His only issue is he doesn't play great defense, mm-hmm. where Wiggins plays great defense. So it would be awesome if we could keep Wiggins, but they keep saying he's got to be in the deal. Do you think Anthony Bennett – uh, I, I watched him in the summer league. He's lost weight. He's looking better. But uh, if they get rid of him, I'm not going to be upset at all. Yeah. He hasn't proven nothing yet. Anthony, we, they can get. You can go so on. We got Love, and we got uh, LeBron, and, of course, the point guard. And, you know, we got the three-headed monster with uh you still got Deion Waiters who could blow up yet still. He, he could be potentially a Dwayne Wade-type player. He can drive it to the hoop and shoot the three. Earlier, Jack, I was mentioning that I thought long-term Andrew Wiggins and his just freakish athleticism, may I could draw a parallel between that and Scottie Pippen, whereas Michael Jordan didn't always have to guard the best player on the other team. Because Pippen was arguably just as good of a, an athlete as Jordan, and maybe even longer. How valuable would it be long-term to have someone like Andrew Wiggins alongside LeBron James? Someone who may specialize in defense as opposed to someone like Kevin Love, who you admitted it just now. You said he's not the best defender. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, to keep Wiggins, you give LeBron a rest, too. So he's valuable. But uh, Minnesota's uh, at a minute putting Wiggins in there. I think the Cavs were working on a three-team trade where they could keep Wiggins and maybe uh, get rid of Waiters. So we'll have to wait and see. But, yeah, Wiggins potentially, you know, once he matures his body and gets strong, yeah, he uh, he looks like he's a, a home run right there. He's no bust. Once again, we have Pappy Jack on. great. I'm sorry, Jack. Go ahead. I was going to say, once again, we have Pappy Jack on the line with us. Pappy Jack is actually a, a longtime friend of the show, a fantasy football expert. 
being that we're right around the corner from starting the fantasy football and NFL season altogether. We look forward to hopefully talking to you um, soon about the NFL and specifically about fantasy football. Jack, looking forward to this season, my question, I haven't done my homework yet. My question is, who's the number one overall player taken in most of the drafts. Who deserves to be the number one player in fantasy football drafts this season? Well, you know, it's it's a lot of running backs that go. And then, you know, with that, so in fantasy football, most people go running backs. And uh, I think right now, LeSean McCoy is a leading candidate with that Philadelphia offense. He'll be able to catch. I know uh, Sproles is coming in, might take some of his thunder, but He'll be involved in the offense a great deal. And, of course, there's always Adrian Peterson under North Turner. He's notorious for making his backs great. So it's a lot of decisions to make. Jack, my, Those are my top two right there. I got you. Jack, uh, my, my co-host Ashley doesn't have an NFL team. No, I don't. And she's been asking for suggestions um, and nominations for who who her NFL team should be going forward. I know you're a Cleveland Browns fan, Jack, but looking at it yeah. from from a logistic standpoint, what do you think's the best choice for Ashley to be to choose as her her favorite team going forward? Well, she uh, wants to be a winner. I think the Colts got the, one of the greatest quarterbacks in the future, so you wouldn't go wrong there. I can't recommend the Bengals being a Browns fan. I can't separate the two. They have a talented young team. They have a young, great, talented young team. And uh, the the Colts with happy chips. So we'll see if Johnny Football can bring me one before uh, my time is done here. (laughs) Jack, we we appreciate Got to go with the Colts. Got to go with the Colts. Okay, Ashley. All right, I'll put them in my... my I don't know my list. <laughs> your, your list, list of potentials. So it, now it's just them and the yeah, Dallas Cowboys. Know, if you want to go by, yeah, if you want to go by good-looking quarterbacks, I can't help you there. So oh, you to, <laughs> well, you got to give me something interesting to watch. <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. Actually, who is the best-looking quarterback in the NFL? Is it Tom Brady? Uh, Ashley, I don't know. What is you know? I actually used to think Drew Brees was really hot. Drew, Br- wow, really? I Drew did. Brees. I don't, and I don't think he's like conventionally like really handsome, but there's something about him I really, really liked. I found him attractive. I don't know. Okay, maybe Tom Brady Probably won a Super Bowl. He's won a Super Bowl, and he's got a cool sounding name, and he's got a scar on his face. Yeah, maybe it's the scar. You know, I like Scarface. And he lives on, <laughs> and, he, and he's down in New Orleans. Yeah, so an all win. Yeah, yeah, it's a win-win situation. Tom Brady probably has to be a close second. I think the rest of the, like, I mean, the rest, I don't know, not very attractive guys. Okay, well, they're known for being football players, so that's okay if they're not too attractive. Jack, thank you very much for calling in. Once again, we look to you about fantasy football in the future. Have a great rest of your weekend, Jack. All right, thanks, Kelly. We'll see you. All right. Good stuff there from our man, Pappy Jack. I'll tell you, I've known Pappy Jack for 10, probably 12 years and played in a few fantasy football leagues with him. That's how I met him. Mm. In the first three years I played fantasy football ever, he was in the league that I was in and he won it all three years. Mm. So Jack is our fantasy football 
guru and insider. So we'll look forward to talking to him in the future uh, about fantasy football. What you got, Ashley? I have a list for you. Of the hottest uh, Um, quarterbacks? Yeah, they're not in order, but it says NFL's best-looking quarterbacks. Of all time. All right. And Curtis Compton is the first one. I don't even know who that is. I Apparently, check this out. Uh, he said he, I think he plays for the Falcons, or he played for the Falcons at some point. Um, What's his name? What is his name again? Curtis, wait, Curtis Compton. Compton, okay. Oh, wait a minute. Or maybe Curtis Compton who took this picture. It's Matt Ryan. Oh, Matt Ryan. I was Ryan. about to say that. I don't, this guy looks familiar. I don't even know what you're talking about. Then they have up here... Brett Favre, which, okay. eh, maybe not. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, I definitely disagree with. Uh, next, Matt Hasselback. Mm, nah. Then they've got Ben Roethlisberger. What? <laughs> yeah. Uh, then Sean Hill, play for the Lions. I, have you ever heard of him before, Sean, Sean Hill? Hill? Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. he's a, a legitimate NFL backup. How good of a looking guy is he? I don't He's know. He's not. Uh, Tom Brady is here, of course, so I would still have him up here. Uh, Kurt Warner. He's actually a good looking guy. Kurt Warner is someone I'm comfortable saying is a good looking man. <laughs> Peter? <laughs> He's got that five o'clock shadow yeah, deal. Yeah, he's got that nice that, little... that carries some weight with me, Peter. What do you, what do you think? You're not <laughs> as comfortable saying that? I'm going to end this segment on this. I'm Kelly Patrick, and I'm comfortable saying Kurt Warner is a good-looking man. All right. So Kurt Warner is going to be on our list and Tom Brady. Okay, I'll, I'll agree with those two. And then they have Philip Rivers from San Diego. Don't know who this guy is, but this is not a good picture of him. Um, so I'm not agreeing with that one. My wife hates Philip Rivers. Really? Yeah. Just Donovan he- McNabb? Nah. No. Michael Vick? Nah. <laughs> what about Joe Namath? Uh, Back in his heyday, I don't know what he looks like. I don't like not enough to say. I don't know. Byron Leftwich, no. <laughs> Peyton Manning, no. All right, we'll, we'll, we'll Eli, can, no. It, What's who? the kid's name? Who, Peter? Teddy Bridgewater? And uh, no, no, I don't think he's attractive. I like um, the other kid. I think he's pretty decent looking. Cam Newton. Cam Newton. Okay. So those would be my top three. Cam Newton, Kurt Warner, Tom Brady. Tom Brady. And then Drew Brees is kind of on the bubble. 502-384-1450. The Mount Rushmore of good-looking quarterbacks. Cam Newton, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Drew Brees, and... Um, Cam Newton, Drew Brees, Kurt Warner. Kurt Warner. Oh, wait a minute. No, Drew Brees was on the bubble. Okay, I'm sorry. But Matt Rushmore has step four. Oh, okay. So we'll, we'll include we'll Drew Brees. Okay. We're going to head to a break. We'll be back with more of the weekend sports buzz. Stay tuned to hear more talk about good-looking quarterbacks. Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz. I am Kelly Patrick alongside my co-host, the lovely Ashley Miller, coming at you um, with the all-sports talk 
Weekend Sports Buzz from 10 until noon. We come at you every Sunday. We don't talk just about the local sports scene. Ashley, we seem to have branched off into discussing anything within the world of sports, even if it's TMZ Sports or Gabrielle Union and Dwayne Wade getting married. We like to delve into all sorts of different aspects. Yeah, and who's the best-looking quarterback in the NFL? And also our last segment... um, I mean, we have turned to what's the best looking quarterback in the NFL. We have female listeners, and I'm confident as much as they may be sports buffs and really into football like I am, um, they don't oppose to having some little eye candy. All right, let's take let's take the uh, quarterback label off of it. Who's the best looking athlete? Or, or some good-looking athletes. <laughs> um, gosh, there's so many bad-looking athletes. All right, who's the worst-looking athlete? Uh, gosh, Patrick Ewing. <laughs> okay, really, Patrick. Uh, all-time great. Oh, sorry, guys. Who's another? Ho- just, I mean, unfortunately, LeBron James. Not very attractive. No, not at all. What about Tiger Woods? He's average. He's average? I think he's average. If you, and I always say like this, if you were walking down the street, if I was with a group of my girlfriends, we were walking down the street, and Tiger Woods was not Tiger Woods, and he was just a random guy walking down the street, nobody in my group of friends would turn around to look at him twice. Really? You say the same about LeBron? Absolutely. They would notice that he was massive, like he was huge, he's just a big guy. And I think that that would grab people's attention, but he's not an attractive guy at all. Other than the fact that maybe... It looks like he's maybe an NBA player. I mean that. I but guess if is he's appealing. if he's not, even if he's not an athlete at all, like he's nobody. He's just then he's, Joe he's, Schmo on the street. He's not attractive at all. He works at best know, looking. I'm just gonna say it. Best looking athlete I've ever seen in life is Derek Anderson. Okay. All Peter's right. laughing, and that hurts me to say because he bleeds blue. Blah. All right. What about like Michael Jordan? Good looking guy. No, I don't think he's attractive. I think Peyton C was a good looking guy. Okay. Um, gosh, you put me on the spot here. It's all right. Well, you know, we can come back to it. The, I'm interested in the the best looking. Also, the worst looking intrigues me. Patrick Ewing just came Patrick right Ewing, at, Dennis Rodman, those guys. Like, and Dennis Rodman is someone that was my idol. Marshawn O'Neal, not attractive guy. Marshawn Lynch, the running back for the Seattle Seahawks. You want to Google his name and bring up his mugshot? Or not mug shot, but his, his, you know, his roster shot. Always struck me as being someone who stands out to be not attractive. Not attractive. Yeah, I just him? pulled him up. Uh, yeah, he can be on that list of worst looking. And I don't think his hair helps. Hmm. Ugliest athlete ever. 502-384-1450. Give us a call. Um, I'd love to hear some nominees. We are, as I was informed by our producer Peter during the, the the break earlier, we are in what's called a dead period for sports. Major League Baseball is going on right now. I'm a big Reds fan. They they really got hot right before the All Star break, and thanks to a, a three game series with the New York Yankees, they have really cooled off. Uh, my Cincinnati Reds are currently sitting two and a half games back of the National League Central leading St. Louis Cardinals. So they're within striking distance by all means. The Brewers and Cardinals are tied atop the division. 
So my Reds cooling off a little bit. Alfredo Simon got the loss yesterday. He had won six straight decisions. 51 and 46. I'm still very happy with the direction of the team. They've had a lot of injuries. They're still coming through it. They play today, Sunday, July 20th, 1.05 p.m. against the Yankees. Johnny Cueto starts. He's 10 and 6 against Hiroki Kuroda. Peter, did I pronounce that name correctly? Hiroki Kuroda, he's 6 and 6, a really good Japanese pitcher for the Yankees. So hopefully Johnny Cueto can right the ship and end this slide that my Reds are on right now. Ashley, I see your brain working over there. Yeah, I found a list of, like, it won't show me all their faces, but uh, 50 ugliest athletes. And Greg Oden's on this list. (laughs) (laughs) Uh. (laughs) I can... He just looked so old. Like I don't see he him looks as being, really old. I don't see him being ugly. I just see him looking like an old guy. He's like so he old. looks like he's sixty five when he was eighteen, and that's not yeah. ugly. That's just like strangely, he looks like he's sixty five. He's okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Charles Barkley. What about him? He's not attractive man. Seriously, either. what about when he was thinner? No. I would guess that Charles Barkley's not a bad looking guy. When he was thinner. No. He's ugly? He's not attractive. Oh. <laughs> I'm not going to say ugly. I'm just going to say not attractive. Okay. That's, that's somebody fair. in the world, he's a very attractive man. But. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, they're not that unattractive, are they? <laughs> Would you date him, Kelly? No, I'm a man. I'm not Jeez. into men. But, I mean, okay. Um, what about, you know, there's others. Gosh, this is... Really taking an interesting direction. Peter, <laughs> is this what you signed up for today is to hear Kelly Patrick just try to pick his brain for some <laughs> some good, good-looking good male athletes? Mm. <laughs> this is exactly what he expected. Skylar Diggins. Sky, well, for, you're talking for, about we're, females. We're switching yeah. to females. She's a pretty I mean, woman. what about tennis players, female tennis players? There's plenty of attractive female tennis players. Well, we're talking about men here. Or we were. <laughs> so you can switch over to females if you'd like. Uh, Reggie Bush, I think he's an attractive guy. I can see that. All right. Let's see. AJC. What is this? Atlanta Journal-Constitution. They have a top 25 hottest male athletes. First one is a surfer, Kelly Slater. I don't know who this person is. I think he's like one of the best surfers in the world. Okay. Um I'm looking at a list of the the most the hottest women of tennis. Oh my gosh, they have Blake Griffin in here. This can't be real. He does wear those really tight pants in those commercials, and that's means he's stylish. No, I guess not. Maybe not. Okay. Uh, Victor Cruz. I'll give. I'll, I'll add him to the list. He's twenty number twenty three. I'm gonna fast forward to see who they have number one because I just can't take it anymore. Peter, please nomination. Kirby Puckett. <laughs> Peter will go with Kirby Puckett. <laughs> Number one in your heart. Peter, for those of you who don't know, is a big Timberwolves and, and Vikings Whoa. and um, Twins fan. What do you have there, Ashley? Number one on this, it's the ACG, AJC.com. It's powered by Atlanta Journal or something like that. They have the number one hottest female or, or hottest male athlete is David Beckham. What do you think of David Beckham? I don't think he's number one. Whoever this guy is at number two is better looking. Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's he, Our man Brandon Lawrence um, has talked about him. You know, he's kind of a, a 
metrosexual. He he has his eyebrows done and different things like that. So yeah, they have Rafael Nadal as number three. This list is biased. <laughs> biased toward what? I don't know. Europeans? Biased toward something because I don't agree with I, of the top three. I think the number two is the most attractive. But um, watching the WNBA All Star Game yesterday, that is something I was thinking. Skylar Diggins is attractive, mm-hmm. but other than that, just being honest, they don't have a bunch going for them. Yeah. <laughs> Tom Brady's number six. His looks go. Tom Brady's number six on this list, and Mark Sanchez is number seven. I used to think he was like pretty decent looking in college. Mark Sanchez, forgot about him. Is he in the NFL still? What about Matt Leinart? I don't know. What I have to look him up. M a t t and then L e i n e r t. I don't know. He's another USC quarterback. Back to the world of sports. There's probably some this things. This is the we, world of sports. Are you kidding me? Probably some things we should uh, be covering. We're, we're in the off season. He's good looking. Okay. Okay, go ahead. We're in the off season for the, the main sports here in the Louisville, Southern Indiana market. Uh, Rory McElroy's getting ready to win the British Open. Possibly Brian the Insider said that he thinks he's the next best thing to Tiger Woods. He'll now have won three out of the four majors. Historically, He's, you got to say he's on a great pace. Can he help fill the void that Tiger Woods is clearly leaving within the sport, being that he hasn't won a major in five years? Peter, I mean, is that is he is he even on the radar as the mainstream athlete? No, no, I Not don't really. know. I, I think that honestly, feel like he's kind of he's fighting to stay relevant. In my opinion, that's fair, and that's what I'm looking for. I mean, he, he, he's most well-known by many for calling off his wedding uh, recently. He's the guy we mentioned earlier who he was engaged to a, a, a beautiful tennis star. And he just, when he saw the invitations, it sunk in how serious the decision he was getting ready to make was. Mm-hmm. And so he just canceled it on the spot. He was also young. He was how old? 25. 20, at the time. Was that this year? It was this year. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think if I got married before twenty five, I'd probably be divorced by now. That's just me, though. Fair enough. We're gonna head to our last break of the show, and we'll be back. We'll try to channel our man Brandon J. Lawrence to see if we can get his any corrections for any factual inaccuracies that we have today. I think uh, we've been pretty on it today, Kelly. I think so too. I, I'd love to hear what Brandon may have for us. Stay tuned to the weekend sports buzz. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz. I am Kelly Patrick, alongside my co-host Ashley Miller, talking all things in the world of sports. We've talked a lot of NBA free agency. We've talked British Open. We've covered Ashley's Loco Cinco and the five craziest stories in the world of sports. Talked a little bit of the most attractive male and female athletes, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is significant as far as marketing goes, things like that. UFC is one that I think is really cashing in on or – manipulating and utilizing attractive female fighters. Ronda Rousey isn't bad looking and they are marketing her as possibly one of their biggest stars. Mm. So I think that you know that always plays a role. It helps when people if 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 it involves television and you're not wearing a mask to where you cannot see your face, 
And I think uh, uh, attractive females for tennis. I mean, how many people t- tune in to watch female tennis over men's tennis because of the attractive women? It's significant. It does matter. We're going to head to the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line, 502-384-1450. We got our man, Brandon J. Lawrence, on the line with us. How you doing this morning, Brandon? Hey. Hola, como esta? What's going on, man? Good morning, sunshine. Good morning, uh, state representatives. (laughs) What's happening? Not a whole lot. We're, we're, I mean, what did you think about our list? Are you going to weigh in on the... (laughs) Attractive people? Yeah, the attractive athletes. Uh, I mean, you know, I... The face is cool, but you got to go. I mean, athletes are nothing without a body, you know, because that's what they use. It should have said, like, the best bodies, man. I mean, the best body for for women has got to be Serena. I mean, you know, it's like, you know, they make songs about Serena. It's going to be your tennis ball and stuff like that. Oh, <laughs> <It's gotta>, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what they said. It's got to be Serena, man. Hey, and the, and the best, the best looking male athlete has got to be A. It's got to be A. J. Reed from Kentucky. He won the Silver Spike Award. Y'all didn't t- y'all didn't say anything about that. You're right. BVN, baby. Oh gosh. You're right. Yeah, A. J. Reed did. <laughs> he won. He's a pitcher and an outfielder for Kentucky, and he won now two of the biggest awards. Meaning he's basically the best college baseball player from the entire season. In the country. Yeah, man. That guarantees his success in the Major League Baseball. Man. And no, no offense to him, but I did just bring up his picture, his picture, and he doesn't get any type of vote from uh-huh. Kelly Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see. Do you have it pulled up? Oh, man. Uh, so you say you say Serena. Brandon, Brandon, you say Serena. What other female athletes? Skylar Diggins? Um, any of these tennis players? What other female athletes are are top of the list? If you were making the most attractive list, the top, uh, you got to put Sharapova on the list, man. She's gorgeous. Yes, she is. Uh, uh, Diggins doesn't do it for me because, like, I, I looked at she's like one of those uh, Monets. From a distance, she looks good, but once you get up on her, you're like, oh man, she just she's okay, <laughs> you know. So you just think she's okay. <laughs> She's okay. She's, you know, it's, 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 she's okay. She's average. Do you she's think average, that people you know? like her because she's a feminine athlete and there's not a whole lot? Like most well, of yeah. the, like, you know, professional athletes are not very feminine. And so she's, maybe? No. Yeah, she, she looks better than that. She looks better than that lady from uh, Utah. What's her name? Brianna Stewart? Yeah. Man, she's, yeah. <laughs> Lord, she looks, she's like the best looking WNBA player. What about Candace like, Parker? Second best. Uh, she's uh, she's okay. She's uh, I mean she she used to be. I mean, but you can't, you gotta have a total package. These people are like six foot five, man. <laughs> How you gonna walk down the street with that? Lady? You can't do that. <laughs> Brandon, we're we're wrap, wrapping up the show. Brandon, only about a minute. And a half left. Before we let you go, should the Cavaliers bring in Kevin Love at all costs, or long term, do you think it'd be a better approach to stick with Andrew Wiggins on the team? Uh, you got. If you want to win now, you got to bring in Kevin Love, and that's what LeBron wants to do. He wants. 
it looks like he's running the show. So, yeah, they're going to bring in Kevin Love, man, and get rid of Wiggins and Bennett probably. And they'll probably have to get rid of Deion Waiters too because he don't want to come off the bench. Sounds like the the direction they're headed, no question about it. Brandon, we appreciate you allowing us to be on the air every Saturday from 9 to 11 and Sunday from 10 until noon. We look forward to talking to you next Sunday. Have a great rest of your weekend, Brandon. Thank you. Uh, Y'all too. Peace. Good stuff there. Great show, Ashley. Another one in the books. Yep. We We will be back next Sunday with more of your weekend sports buzz.